The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS NFL Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson. The gang is back together again. And today is our NFC One Big Thing show. One big thing. What does that mean? Well, we'll tell you in a little bit. Make sure you keep it tuned with us all week <laughs> long for more off-season news. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page for everyone listening to the audio version only. Do the same. Download, leave a five-star review, follow, tell your friends to listen, and watch the pod. It is the one big thing show. Yes. Um, I have two questions. Okay. One. Uh, actually, I have one, with three is remarks. It one big question. Three. Okay. No, there's just there's three small remarks. Hmm. One. Um, I've podcasted so many times with Ryan Wilson and John Breach in the past that when people say like the gang's back together, I'm like, wait, are they been missing? You can be like Wilson. <laughs> you be like Wilson hasn't been on this pod in three months. I'm like, what? Um. <laughs> Two, uh, is Scott Van Pelt going to sue us for one big thing? And then three, is one big thing something that the team is missing or something about the team? I'm confused. See, I have a, have a follow-up, is- Katie. Oh, good. Okay. Well, my, my, my take on this was that it was a little bit more subjective. It could be a hole that the team needs to fill, and these are all teams in the uh, NFC, everybody. We did the AFC show a while ago. Or Can't one big takeaway. I was going to say, if, if Brinson had listened to last week's show <laughs> with me, you, and Tyler Sullivan, he would know what we if were talking about. you think there's about. a chance in hell I'm listening to this podcast while I'm on vacation, you've lost your mind. <laughs> no offense Thanks to any of you. No, know you support the Katie, cause here. Let, I don't yeah, it. Yes. Let me uh, <laughs> enlighten you on this uh, relationship that the three of us have. Okay. Uh, Breach, do you remember like in high school and you, and you have your girlfriend and you break up in May and then over the summer you're like, you know, I miss her. Maybe I want to see her again. And then you see her the first day of school in September. It's like, nope, I know why you broke up. That's what it's like going on this podcast. <laughs> I thought you were about to dive into a Stockholm syndrome thing. <laughs> oh, no, well, uh, we're we're glad at least today that you have missed us a little bit until uh, until you don't again. All right. So one big thing and Brinson. We're going to start with you. So hopefully you came prepared, even though you didn't exactly know what one big thing was. You have the NFC South. Kick it off. Uh, well, we'll start in not just alphabetical order, but we'll start in terms of my rankings, which uh, actually may be up Thursday, but you can check out my full um, team by team, full the, the Brinson model, trademark me. Oh. As uh, projected win totals for every single NFL team. 
uh, we sort of distributed, we collaborated a little bit uh, without telling him on wins over Wilson, just to sort of figure out, you know, basically we stole some of the proprietary technology mm. and, uh, <laughs> and, and worked it in mine, um, which I will lie about if I'm ever sued and put under oath for obvious reasons. Um, but you know what? Actually, I was going to say we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons since that's alphabetical, but I see that we may have a Panthers screen coming up. So we'll go with the Panthers first instead uh, to save Billy from um, having to reload a different graphic. And I think the Panthers is pretty obvious. If you're talking about one big thing about the Carolina Panthers, it's quite simply Bryce Young. Now, you could go either side of the coin if you want here. And I'll defer to our junior draft analyst, Ryan Wilson, uh, in, in discussing how Young fits in <laughs> with the Panthers. And, oh, that's a thing, Katie. Feel free to use it. <laughs> I'm going to say until he's actually named senior draft analyst, which he should be based on the hierarchy and his time spent at CBS and the number of times he had to podcast with me. Um, plus the daily or like twice or three times a week verbal beating he gets from Rick Spielman. It's just brutal on uh with the first pick. Brenton is our sophomore draft analyst. Sophomore. Yeah. Wilson right. Jr. I'm really more like the third third freshman year. Uh, high breach, by the way. Um so anyway, Bryce Young is the one big thing. If it's Bryce, it's either Bryce Young because he's the answer at quarterback, and the Panthers suddenly have life. And you feel like this team, which has been dead last in NFL passing touchdowns, interceptions, thrown, and passer rating over the last four years combined, as you can see on the graphic, youtube.com slash NFL and CBS. Whereas if Bryce Young is not the answer, he's also still the big thing. And if this passing game doesn't get going with Frank Reich and Bryce Young, Wilson, uh, boy, oh boy, will we have some questions to ask. Yeah, but I think it will. I think that's no, I do too. I'm just saying easy it's... answer. No, I, I get what you're saying. But I mean, last year, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, um, and then PJ Walker, all to varying degrees, did not do well. I think if you look back, I think Sam Darnold actually had the best record of the crew, but still it didn't work. Matt Rule got fired. You can make the case that Steve Wilkes should have kept his job after they I think they finished like six and five or something down the stretch, something crazy. Um, but you could very also argue that Frank Reich. New office coordinator Thomas Brown from from the Rams. Obviously, my guy Jim Caldwell. And Katie, this is one of my bits that you haven't heard because I haven't been on a while. Jim Caldwell got fired going nine and seven in back to back years for stupid ass Matt Patricia. Yeah, maybe should have kept Jim Caldwell around. But anyway, he's there. Uh, McCown's there, and of course, if you're watching on YouTube, Billy's showing the clip of the the first passes that Bryce Young made uh, as a Carolina Panthers player, and. Um, Ironically enough, the first person I got a text from was four foot eight Pete Prisco complaining about how short and small he looks. And look, he does look short and small. But here's the thing: he's it looks like he's wearing freaking um, who's like a tall quarterback that played for the Panthers. Uh, Kerry Collins' uniform. Get him one that fits, and then you don't have to worry about him looking like yeah. he's a he's a fourth grader. But he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. But that is, I think that obviously they're going to go as far as Bryce takes them. And I, I feel like this team has a pretty good chance. I'm not sure if you guys have talked about the win totals, Brinson, but um, are you on the Panthers? I feel like that's something you would be on winning the division. Uh, yeah, I think we either have the Panthers or the Falcons winning the division. Oh, I actually had the Atlanta winning 10 games in my simula- in my, in my model, my projections. And the <laughs> Panthers- the Brinson model. <laughs> the Brinson model, that's right. And the Panthers winning eight games. I had the Panthers originally at 10 and then sort of did some manually tweaking. I didn't love the computer results. Um, you that's know, a great way to model things, by the way. Just make it say what you want. <laughs> no, I wanted the Panthers to be ranked high, and I just thought it came out. I think ten fellow. I think I think there's ten. I think there's upside for ten wins for three of the four NFC South teams. Breach. Well, I, one thing here is that, and Brenton, you obviously mentioned the passing game, but I feel like Frank Reich 
and Scott Fitterer kind of built this team in case they get off to a slow start in case there is an adjustment period from the passing game standpoint. Cause you look at who they brought in at running back. I mean, they have miles Sanders. They also have Chuba Hubbard. They have guys who can run the ball and they can pound on the ground. If that's what they need to do and only throw 20 passes a game for the first few weeks, if that's what it takes for Bryce young to get warmed up and let's not forget, you know, who Bryce young is taking snaps behind right now. Andrew Gregory <laughs> Dalton. Now, I think that's, you know, I don't think this is going to be a Gardner Minshew, Trevor oh, Lawrence situation where we all mocked Urban Meyer uh, during training camp that one year because they were splitting reps. There's no reason that should have ever happened. You got to give most your one reps to your rookie quarterback. He needs to learn the offense. That's different in the spring. You can do that in the spring. Once training camp starts, I think we'll see Bryce Young. Uh, get a lot more of the snaps. And uh, yeah, I think this team is going to be good. I think they're stacked. Uh, and the quarterback is the biggest question mark. So if if Bryce Young can just play 15% better than what they got at quarterback last year, and I think he can, then I don't think Brinson's prediction is too crazy. Yeah. Hey, Breach, what's the over-under yeah. week-wise until Andy Dalton starts for Bryce Young? You know what? Maybe they go crazy and they say, let's let Andy Dalton start week Stop one. It. But I, if Bryce, Young, if they don't think Bryce Young is ready, then you say, all right, Andy will start the first two. I mean, we saw it with uh, Tyrod Taylor and, and Justin Herbert. The only reason Justin Herbert got in there is because Tyrod Taylor's lung got punctured by the Chargers it's, trainer. Man. So we have seen a, a top six pick ride the bench recently. And Baker Mayfield wasn't going to start till Tyrod Taylor got hurt, too. Right. So it's not completely crazy to think that Frank Reich is thinking, you know what? Well, Bryce Young is 100 percent ready. And I don't want to throw him in there unless he's 100 percent ready, ready. So we'll start Dalton in week one or week two. I mean, I think Bryce Young is going to be the starter, but it, it wouldn't be totally shocking if Andy Dalton starts week one. I, I will say that um, I could see maybe a situation where Frank Reich looks at the schedule and says, you're right, at Atlanta, the Saints at home at the Seahawks, maybe that's like a three-game stretch where you feel like Andy Dalton can comport himself a little more like the veteran. But I am, I am in agreement with Wilson. One, that like if Bryce Young is not starting, what are we doing here? And then two, Panthers fans are going to be pissed if Bryce Young is not starting. All right, next up, Atlanta Falcons, if I may. Katie, sorry. Apologies. No, that's it's it's this is your segment. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. I'm going to check out for y'all. Um, the uh, the Atlanta Falcons, third most rushing yards per game last year behind just the Bears and the Ravens. The big difference between those teams is that the Bears and the Ravens had two of the two of the most incredibly or most incredible rushing quarterbacks in the game. Although the Ravens missing Lamar Jackson for a big chunk of the season, Justin Fields, of course, monster year on the ground. Atlanta, uh, to me, has basically created a a Titans light. Down in uh down in down in the Georgia Dome, and they got Bijan Robinson in town. I look at their uh I look at their you know overall roster on offense, and I think, man, like they signed you know they signed Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom to uh, extensions this offseason. You bring in Matthew Bergeron, who's a very good run, uh, run, uh, uh, you know, a, a run run game guard or tackle as Syracuse moving inside the guard, I think. Um, and, and then you have Jake Matthews still there. So like, there's no reason with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And then Matt Collins is a nice little mix up deep threat that this offense can't be good with B. John Robinson added. So I guess my one big thing is what's up with the defense. Hmm. Breach. Let me ask you this. Cause Brinson said in, uh, his Brinson model that steals directly from wins over Wilson, except with the final result that he has. Yeah, we borrowed, we borrowed for my pr- proprietary model. 
Gotcha. <laughs> Borrowed liberally. He has the Falcons winning 10 games, the Panthers winning eight. I don't trust Desmond Ritter. So that, to me, is the, the big thing there. I think defensively, they still have some things to, to do. They got your guy Jesse Bates there, which certainly helps on the back end. Uh, they have A.J. Terrell. I love that. But I think if Des Ritter continues to struggle with accuracy, which he did at Cincinnati, he only played a little bit last year, That's the big, that team could win four games if he's not ready, in which case you have all the weapons around him. You have Bijan. You have uh, the offensive line that Brinson talked about. And then you got to find a quarterback. So I don't know if this – I know this team isn't winning 10 games. I don't feel like unless we're going to have Arthur – Smith situation where they win every game by 1.5 points. I feel like the Panthers are better positioned to, to be, to be better. Yeah. The defense is definitely an interesting question, but they did go out and try and totally upgrade on that side of the ball. I mean, obviously they already had AJ Terrell in there. One of the best young corners in the game. Brenton mentioned Jesse Bates. They made that trade for Jeff Okuda. Uh, they signed Bud Dupree. They signed Clays Campbell. Uh, so they've added a bunch of guys on the defense, and it definitely is a question mark, but there is that little part of me that says maybe they could be good if they all mesh and there's some chemistry there. And so it does feel like uh, the season is going to ride on whether Desmond Ritter is any good. But maybe, for instance, just didn't want to mention quarterbacks for all his topics because then I, I just think I just think you look else. at what the I think you look at what the Titans did on offense um when Arthur Smith their heyday with like and I know realize they have Derrick Henry that's a different beast but Bijan Robinson they drafted him like he's gonna be a feature back they hide they want to hide the quarterback they wanted to be mobile to make a couple plays and to largely be kind of invisible and I think when you look at what you know they want to do on defense they were 30th in DVOA last year if they get up to the top half of the league and that offense is what Arthur Smith wants it to be. I don't see a reason why they can't be a playoff team. Hey, they're right. in NFC South. Anything goes there. That's right. That's important. Do you put the quarterback as right, quarterback in the rest of the model, or you don't include that? Uh, not for Arthur Smith teams. We do not include the quarterback in the model. Oh, nuance. All right. Fair enough. So yeah. There's the yeah. difference yeah. between wins, o- wins over Wilson right. and right. wins over Wilson. Right. We only took the good stuff from wins over Wilson and removed the uh, bias, the lethargy, lethargy. Hmm. Okay. And uh, and general failure from the wins over Wilson model and plugged in the good stuff into the bridge. By the model. way, you know the last time the Falcons won 10 games? Uh, probably when I picked them to play the Texans in the Super Bowl. 2017, is that it? That would be the year. Yes. You know who their quarterback was? It was Matt Ryan. <laughs> Our CBS Sports colleague, Matt Ryan. <laughs> He's not retired. He's not Matt retired. Ryan. He is not retired. Don't you dare say that. Next team. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I guess, will be the next team. Good thing I got admin capabilities of this graphic. Otherwise, <laughs> by the seat of our pants here. Um, Buccaneers, the one big thing is uh, what's life like after Tom Brady? Because I think that's where they're at, right? Like this massive cap hit breach. They don't, I don't think they know what they're doing, where they're going, or how they're going to get where they don't know where they're going right now. Like their offensive line's kind of in shambles. They got Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal. They believe in Todd Bowles, I guess. I'm not sure that they totally do. And I could see them maybe thinking we'll stink while we ride out this Brady cap hit. Let's lose a bunch of games, get a top pick, land Caleb Williams or Drake May, and be a very, very enticing coaching job for someone else after this season. What say you? Yeah, this feels like one of those situations. They sold their soul for a Super Bowl win in 2020. They got it, and this is the payback season where, yeah, you're taking Brady's cap hit. It's like you're in Vegas. 
You only have one chip left, and you're going to the roulette table, and you're thinking, you know what? I'm just going to bet on 34. I'm going to go on something where I can win a ton of money, and that's the Baker Mayfield signing where they're thinking, hey, if Baker Mayfield gives us home run football, maybe we can be successful, but more than likely than not, uh, this is a throwaway season, and we're not going to be any good. So it does feel like the Buccaneers have kind of accepted that, and it will be quarterback play will determine if they can compete in the NFC South, but it feels like they're not going to be able to. Yeah, no, this is tough. I, I think offensive line-wise, they, they actually may be surprisingly not terrible. They're going to move Tristan Wurst over to the left side. They drafted Cody Mock, who's going to kick inside to guard. Um, Ryan Jensen's back. Matt Filer they signed after he left Los Angeles by way of Pittsburgh. So they, they have the offensive line there. And if you get that taken care of, you can do a lot. We know Baker's big issue is pressure and then being having the arm angle. He's short, but that's fine. But he has so many balls batted down, which is, you know, it, that's not going to work. So they lost um, – Playoff Lenny's gone, but they have Rashad White. I want to see how the run game works without playoff Lenny. Um, they got my guy Sean Tucker in as a free agent from Syracuse. I think eventually they'll be fine. Uh, I love the fact that they drafted Kalach Kansi to, to be uh, lined up next to Vita Vea. There's sort of two different body types. One's super quick and one's obviously as big as a house. But again, you just said a breach. In that division, anything's possible. But I, I feel like, honestly, like I'm higher on Des Ritter in that offense than Baker Mayfield, who clearly has played a lot more football and at times it's been okay. And other times it's been, been pretty horrible. All right. The saints. All right. Finally, for the last piece of anything I'll provide to this podcast, before <laughs> 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 I check out and watch a uh, good download, some golf game on my switch. Um, just kidding. The uh, saints. Not kidding. Well, we know that you don't watch when you're not on, so we're not entirely surprised. Uh, I mean, I, I don't watch. I, I, I was on vacation. I was on the golf course. Could not watch. Mm -hmm. Would have watched. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No phones allowed on that course. Yes. Anywho, you see the dramatic drop here on the screen. From 2006 to 2020, the Saints won 63% of their games and scored 28 points per game. And they have won 47% of their games in the last two years. Since Drew Brees left, including uh, eh, year last year, 7-10, I believe, with uh, without Sean Payton. Just 20.4 points per game. The big One big thing is Derek Carr. Like, is Derek Carr enough to upgrade this offense? And I would even maybe sneak in there as a corollary, Wilson. Are we underselling the drop-off from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen and how much that impacted the Saints last year. Well, P. Carmichael has been the OC forever. so Yeah, he, but I mean, it's, it's different. It is different, but you would imagine some of that would have rubbed off. I mean, the, the counter argument is, well, how come Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay's guys always go out and have success, typically by and large, when, when they leave from... It's you not know, osmosis. Okay, well, I mean, do you have an explanation in your model why... Shanahan and McVay acolytes do better than Sean Payton acolytes. Yeah, I don't really model coaching trees. I could I could work on that. Um, this is okay. really more of a the win projection. Model is taking some hits today, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You should see Instagram. Here's I wrote this paragraph earlier today. It's here. You'll, you'll, Wilson will enjoy this over on Instagram. I've been called quote dry trash quote nice. a clown emoji hold and on, a quote doofus. People dry ask how trash. I. <laughs> people people asked how I quote still have a job. Told me I yeah. quote right with my ass Love that it. I'm quote higher than Denver itself. Awesome. And someone, a 49ers fan, most likely a Katie Mox burner, even <laughs> said 
hey, loser, how did you find five losses for the 49ers? Like, you're mad. Somebody got mad that their team go 12 and 5. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to do about this? A perfect uh, season, Brinson, obviously. Any, any, anybody, any of those stand out? The, 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 there are a lot of clown emojis. Uh, right, you write with your ass kind of got me. That's I have not heard you read an incorrect statement off that Instagram account yet. <laughs> I, I agree with everything. Yeah, some, guy, the- <laughs> some guy was like, I'm in high school and I do your job better than you. And I was like, I forwarded your resume to my boss and told him never to hire you. And he's like, got really mad last night in the comments. I just ignored him. <laughs> well, that makes me feel I, uh, better about people seeing me every day. That's great. Go to Instagram.com slash NFL on CBS. People are asking if you want to see them. They are pretty funny. I will say, and Katie, I don't know if you've sort of realized this over the course of your interactions with uh, Wilbur here. Breach and I try to avoid conflict at all costs, whether personal or or online. And this dumb-dumb just leans into it. And then he sends out angry tweets to make people angry. It's just the weirdest sort of... You wonder well, who didn't hug him enough as a little person. I was just talking to Katie about this. This, this guy. is why I have named him the Brinstigator because yeah. he does. Brinstigator. What did that guy call me? He like this guy DMs me. He's like, "You are a effing stupid a hole idiot." Da-da-da-da-da. He's like, "Do you think the Raiders are going to finish last?" And I replied, "I was like, dude. I mean, I hate to break it to you. They've won the division once since 2002. They're a lot more likely to finish last than first. And he replied with, "How was your How was your day going?" <laughs> just like. And also, let's not forget that the entire city of Cleveland now hates Brinson. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's a whole thing. And Miami Miami fans on Instagram, Cleveland fans on Twitter. So, like, a, a, an entire yeah. podcast on that. Yeah. Anywho. Um, so, yeah, Saints. Yeah, I think the Saints might. T- Everybody's kind of penciling in the Saints to be this team. To say, oh, are they, this division stinks. They're probably the best team. I don't know. I mean, they lost their – I think they, did they lose their different defensive coordinator. I, I think – like Ryan Nielsen jumped to the Falcons. There's just a whole lot. I don't know that I trust the Saints the way that people think the Saints should be trusted. Their new defense coordinator, Joe Woods, who got run out of Cleveland because they were very angry at the way he coordinated things up. Um, I like Joe Woods, but the, <laughs> that's just me. Uh, he's not coordinating up my defense. I, I think at the end of the day, Breach, again, it's not anything original. It's about Derek Carr. Can Derek Carr, I think it's better that he didn't go to the Jets where the pressure would be too immense probably for him. I feel like New Orleans is probably more his speed. That's where Drew Brees went after the shoulder injury. Didn't work out in Miami when Nick Saban blamed Danny Cannell's dad. And he went on to, to be a Hall of Famer. I think Derek Carr can sort of refine himself in a place where football, while it's big, uh, you feel like you can get away with a little more. I mean, Andy Dalton played there, and they didn't egg his house every day. So that f- feels like a victory to me. Yeah, that does feel like a victory. And, you know, the other thing is, like, the Saints have a few question marks as far as we don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be healthy. If he's healthy, that is a huge get for Derek Carr. Cause now you have Chris Olave and Michael Thomas to throw to. There's still that small chance that Alvin Kamara could be suspended. So that's something that's hanging over their heads. This team does have some question marks. But if everyone is on the field and healthy, man, this really could be a good offense. This is, you know, Derek Carr is going to be playing behind a competent offensive line. He's going to have some time to throw. Uh, they definitely have some weapons. They added Jamal Williams. So, yeah, I think this team is scary, and I think that uh, Derek Carr is probably the best quarterback in the division. And like you guys already said, it's going to be his play that kind of determines whether the Saints win the NFC South. All right, or not let's, with let's go on record here on May 16th. Who wins the division, Breach? Saints. Who'd you say, Brinson? Go! Dirty Birds. Dirty Falcons, birds. Right. Yeah. What do you think, Katie? Uh... I will side with Brinson here. I'll take the Falcons. 
By the way, the worst thing you could ever do in any situation. Side with Brinson. Side with Brinson. <laughs> Just if you were planning to do it, do the opposite. Uh, while Brinson, Brinson was all over the Eagles last year, guys. Boom. All right. Fuck it. Katie is taking. Oh! I've got Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Buccaneers. And I see Katie's taking the Red Stallion. Because he... Yes. I'm going to take the, who, uh, who the Panthers. Wilson? I'm going with Carolina. Panthers. Ooh, I'm, I'm fine with the Panthers. I think the Panthers should be good this year. Yeah, right, we're going to take a uh, quick break here. When we get back, we're going to have Breach do the NFC North. But before we take this break, it's major time on the golf calendar. And the First Cut podcast has you covered with comprehensive coverage of the PGA Championship from Oak Hill Country Club in New York. Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, and the gang from Daily Recaps. And the gang for Daily Recaps from Rochester. Oh, join the gang for Daily Recaps from Rochester as they follow the sports top stars on their quest to make the Wanamaker Trophy. Download and follow the First Cut Podcast wherever you find this one. You're watching Pick 6, and we'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Witness one of the world's biggest stars as a family man. Really? <laughs> May 17th. I just jumped into Stallone. <laughs> There's no place like Stallone. It is about how hard you can get hit to keep moving forward. He's the last person that wanted to do this show yet. He sees the camera and he's like, am I in frame? That's the truth. The Family Stallone, streaming May 17th, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. We'll start to, ha- where'd Brinson go? Oh, there he's coming back. Hello, Brinson. Welcome here. back. Never, never left. I prayed hard, but not hard (laughs) enough, apparently, Katie. (laughs) Never left. Uh, If you're not following us on social, please do at Pick6Pod across all social media platforms. We'll have to have a tally on how many times I can mess up a promo on this show. But until we do that, (laughs) you're still going to be in second place for a long time on messed up promos on this podcast. So there you go. (laughs) You're you're, you're leader in the clubhouse. I used to drink every time Brinson messed up a promo, but then I got my wife cut me off because I was too drunk after each podcast. (laughs) Um, True story. So NFC North, what are we starting with the Packers here? Obviously, we all know what the biggest question is surrounding the Packers, and it's their kicking situation. (laughs) It isn't, but I mean, it kind (laughs) of is because Mason Crosby's gone and they drafted a kicker, but it really it's Jordan Love. Look, Aaron Rodgers obviously gone after 15 years as a starter and 
18 seasons in Green Bay. And Jordan Love is such an unknown commodity. I mean, we're talking about someone who's only made one start in three years. Now you're throwing him to the Wolves. He's got to fend them off, and he's got to be good right away. And the thing is, the Packers haven't put a ton around him when you talk about the receivers. I mean, look, this receiving court could be very, very talented in 2023, but they're young. We don't know how good they are. They're going to have possibly three starters who are all drafted in the past 13 months. We're talking about Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and uh, Jaden Reed. So, you know, it's not just Jordan Love that lacks the experience. It's the guys he's throwing the ball to. So he's going to have to build up chemistry with those guys. And so there's no guarantee this offense is going to be any good. And so uh, Jordan Love is going to have to be good coming out of the gate. I mean, we talked about Bryce Young uh, and how there is wiggle room for him to maybe struggle a little bit. The Panthers still to be good. It doesn't feel that way with the backers. If they go out in week one and lose to the Bears, Fans there are going to be crying that the, the sky is falling for that team. So definitely Jordan Love here. Brent, so let me ask you this, because I actually sort of disagree with Brent uh, Breach here. Who do you have more faith in offensively, just the offensive playmakers and the offensive line, the entire offense? The Falcons or the Packers? Oh, so you're including just like... Just the offenses. Like if you had to field an offense, who do you want? I think the Packers have a uh, lower floor and a higher ceiling. And... um I would probably roll the dice with that because they are closer to having the quarterback. Now, now I feel bad for agreeing with Brenton. That's where sort of where I am. I'm not worried about the <laughs> Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs came along after you know Aaron Rodgers yelled at him for the first. I mean, two the skill of the position guys for Atlanta are better, but in, I have in, a little more the receivers. Faith in love, yeah. Like I, th- I mean, my thing is like the Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers was to say he was basically done, but like they could have, they could have said we're going to go with him. You know, they said could have said, all right, we don't think Jordan Love is ready. We're going to go with Aaron Rodgers this year and ride out this contract and just let him be pissed off and not show up for training camp or or OTAs. Um, the other thing they, I'd mention quickly is that they drafted two tight ends, and I think that's going to be sort of the security blanket in the middle of the field breach. I get yeah. what you're saying, and everyone's on the Lions, myself included. But I feel like we're sort of sounds stupid to say sort of sleeping on on Jordan Love in the package. But to your point, if he sucks, it doesn't matter. If he's average, they'll compete. Rodgers went six and ten in his first year too, though, for whatever it's worth. Well, yeah, and they're if he's average, they'll compete because they're in the NFC North. They're not playing yeah. in yeah. the AFC. The NFC is doo doo, bro. Yeah, doo doo. Dude. Jordan Love could be the third best quarterback in in the conference by the end of the year for all we know. You know like, Holy uh, cow! That's in the that NFC. That's not that crazy. Like that's not that crazy a statement. All right, what's next? Yeah, we got the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, you know, again, it's like we just talked about with the Packers, like we talked about with the Panthers. That a lot of this revolves around the quarterback situation. And how well Justin Fields kind of adjusts to uh, everything that's being done in Chicago. And you look at what the Bears have now. I mean, we're talking about a receiving core that has DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. That's pretty solid. And then you add uh, Dante Foreman as your running back now. So they put some skill players around Justin Fields. And so if you if he's good and you know obviously he showed some flashes last season this team could win the NFC North but to go along with that he is going to need a solid offensive line for the Bears to be good and so uh, another question there is Darnell Wright 
you take him with your top 10 pick, and now he's going to be your starting right tackle. And starting a rookie at tackle is always risky. And if he struggles, uh, that's going to be trouble for Justin Fields. So I think it's kind of Justin Fields behind the play of this offensive line because it feels like the skill guys are way better than they were last year. And so can Justin Fields take the next step to the next level? Uh, and can Darnell Wright hold up at right tackle? So I was asking Tom Fernelli about this cover three, our very own cover three, Tom Fernelli. He was on the draft pile with me and Spielman after the draft. And he said he would take Justin Fields over any of the quarterbacks coming out in this class, like going to Chicago. So he has some faith in Justin Fields. Yeah, he's also a big too. 10 honk and a bears honk. So I get it. I mean, there was a big 10 quarterback in the draft that he could have taken if he wanted to. Um, Brinson, I'll ask you, give me the over under on chase Claypool total yards and touchdowns so I can take the over. <laughs> Hundred and uh, we'll say over under on yards six hundred eighty three and a half. That's not bad. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good number, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just hilarious that you were like crap. The Brinson um, model. Like the Brinson model. model. Yeah, we're working on our individual player models, proprietary stuff. No big deal. <laughs> uh, and then um, for touchdowns, I'll actually say six and a half. All right. What do you think, Breach? I like under on both. <laughs> yeah, I know. I set them so you'd have to take the under. Yeah, I'd probably go under. That's a big ask for both the quarterback and the receiver. All right. Um, yeah, right, I think just, I mean, Justin Fields, the easy answer is Justin Fields are the quarterback for every one of these. I think Darnell Wright's going to be good, but Breach makes a good point. You don't know what you're going to get. The, the playmakers are better. I think the defense will be better, but you're, <laughs> you're in a division suddenly where you could, um, you'll be looking up at three other, not suddenly, there was this list last year, but continue to look up at three other teams that even aren't that great. Does that mean we are done with the Bears? Moving along. Yes. Let's bite some kneecaps off. Let's bite those kneecaps. Uh, Yeah, let's go to the Lions. Look, I've got a question for the Lions, and that is my big thing here and kind of what they do is, do you, if you are the Detroit Lions, sign Jared Goff to an extension? Mm. They're talking about, there's been chatter that maybe they're talking, that it's something they're looking into. Uh, but let's not forget that this team did draft Hendon Hooker. Um, and obviously, you know, that's not a first round pick. That's not anybody who's going to be any pressure to play uh, in 2023. But look, as we see up here, Jared Goff had a phenomenal second half of the season last year. 15 touchdown passes, zero interceptions over the final nine games. And the the, the Lions went eight and two in their final 10 games. So he once he got comfortable Uh, They looked really good. He looked really good offensively. And so if you are the Lions, are you willing to commit more money and give Jared Goff an extension? Why do you have to do it now? He's got two more years left. Well, because he might. I mean, that's what everybody's doing. I think you either have to do it. You have to make the decision at the minimum after this season. Yeah, that's right. I agree with that. But do it now. Okay. I mean, you might feel differently. That's fine. I just I don't know. There's no rush. Unless he's going to hold out or something. No, I, I don't. I would. I would wait until after 2023. But there had been speculation that the two sides are talking extension right now, and I. I agree with you. I think that's too early. I would absolutely wait until after the 2023. And by the way, he's four years older than Hendon Hooker, so the, the clock's ticking on Hendon if you have plans for him at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say, like the fact that Golf is only four years older than Hendon Hooker is pretty wild, considering Golf's on his second team, and um, I, I think that the. If you can get a deal where it's like, um, I mean, like, I guess like a Derek Carr deal or a, if you can get Jared Goff to sign an extension that's really team friendly and gives you an out like after two years or three years, or really two years, I guess. And you, you've you already have an out. out after two years. 
<laughs> yeah, the contract ends. Yeah. I did. I think Brad. I think Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell really like Jared Goff. Yeah, I agree with that. And the fact that you bring in Hinden Hooker, who is a veteran, et cetera, like it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't scream like they're desperate to get another quarterback. So I. I, I kind of like the idea of looking around the NFC. Jared Goff might be the third best quarterback in the NFC right now. He's like Brady said. He had a great end of the se- last second half of the season. You taking Matthew Stafford or Jared Goff? Jared Goff all day long. Stafford, please. <laughs> McVay's calling Detroit trying to, hey, we'll trade you Stafford for golf straight <laughs> no, up. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, okay, uh, I think we're, yeah. we're moving Vikings. on. NFC West, right? Oh, no. No, Vikings. we got the Vikings. Katie, oh, so disrespectful to the Vikings. Vikings, send your hate mail to Katie Mox. Well, um, you, you all know how I feel about Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he cooks his steaks. We can keep the Vikings short. I just think that the thing they need to figure out before they get to training camp, uh, and we'll probably be figured out soon, is just this Dalvin Cook situation. It's been hanging over their head for a couple months now. It, either you cut them, you save the money, you find someone who will make a trade for them. You're probably not going to get a lot in return because everyone knows that you're trying to get rid of him. But, uh, you know, just figure out what you're going to do with Dalvin Cook. I mean, this is a pretty talented team, and me and Brinson have been saying this for the past month or two that. It's crazy that they're not the favorite to win the division after winning the division last year. And they're not even really in the conversation. Everybody's just kind of forgotten about them. They don't have a ton of huge holes on the roster, but, uh, you know, maybe they'll pick up some salary cap space by cutting Dalvin Cook. Maybe they pick up some trade compensation by dumping him. But that's something I think they should get off their plate before they get the training camp. So, wait, am I clear in hearing that both you guys think the the Vikings are going to be your picks to win the division on May 16th? I'm leaning that way right now. I'm not. I could pick the Packers. I might pick the Bears, the Lions. I'm leaning Vikings. I'm picking the Lions. Lions. You guys are gonna be wrong. So I, I was gonna pick. The, I was gonna pick somebody else, and then the Princeton models spat out the Lions as the winner. So I had to go with it. I don't like any of these teams, but I'll go Lions. <laughs> Can't believe wins over Wilson and wins over Will, uh, and. The Katie system. I don't know that it has a name yet. <laughs> All agree. It's the Brinson well, model. TM breach, please. That's so please. boring. I actually right. trademarked. Shall we, so shall we move on to, the, to talk about it? The NFC West. Yeah. Shall we do it? And uh, Billy, Katie, I, I might go. Yeah. We're behind the schedule, I Wilson. Wanna, I just want to point out quickly that the Brinson model, mm-hmm. if you shorten that breach and Katie, it's BM. BM. Perfect sense. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to work on some kind of acronym for it. We're, we're still no, BM's perfect. That actually, you're right. Yeah. Keep it. Billy, I might be going out of order here, but I'm going to go top to bottom. Okay, I'm going 49ers, Seahawks. By the way, Windsor Rams, Wilson, Cardinals. you know, you can't, it's, it stands for, wow, this sucks. Go ahead, wow. Wins over Wilson. Okay, so starting with the 49ers. <laughs> yes, I know that the biggest need is a quarterback, but quarterback drama aside, right? Is it going to be Purdy or Lance or Sam Darnold? And Brinson, I know that you're worried about the defense taking a step back under Steve Wilkes. I'm not so worried about that. Where I feel like the 49ers have the biggest hole or question mark is right tackle, which by all means, it's pointing towards Colton McKivitz. Niners let McGlinchey go in free agency, which I think if you ask any Niner fans, none of us are too worried about that. You look at where all of the injuries came from. It came from the right side. They didn't draft an O-lineman. They got Joey Fisher as an undrafted rookie free agent, who I believe is actually a right guard, but he didn't really make it through minicamp because he's so behind on his conditioning, which is concerning. But the weakest part of the Niners is right tackle, and every team knows it. You're not really getting anything past Trent Williams. 
It'll be the first time since 2017 that they have a new starter at right tackle. If McKivitz is a bust, the Niners season is in jeopardy. So for me, outside of the quarterback drama, which of course, right tackle is the biggest whoopsie. Katie, you're one of those fans that always sees the glass half full. Like a lot yes. of fans see it the other way. Like I know a lot of angry 49ers fans. I'm just curious <laughs> what would have to happen on this team for you to get mad at them. Because there were fans calling it Sh- Shamahan. What? Shanny, when Shanny was losing earlier, yes. what was it, a year and a half ago, whenever that was? You guys were, you guys were, you guys wanted Shanahan out in 2022, 2021. Oh, don't let me in. Don't let me in. I'm speaking, fan. I'm speaking specifically about, I picked the Niners to win the Super Bowl in 2021. And Wilson and Breach were doing a little jig about midway through the season, like laughing about, oh, it's time for Kyle to get lost, time for Kyle to lose, and eventually like turn back around. And then last year, when they trade for McCaffrey, Wilson's like, this, these are idiots, they're idiots. And so like, yeah. yeah. Well, look, I am, like you said, I am a glass half full person. I always believe that my team can win until the last second. I don't get down on them. I don't start talking negatively. I would say the last time that I was actually down on this team was when they were pushing out Harbaugh and everybody, you know, hated the GM. We all hated Trent Baalke. Like when the people at the, like I have so much trust in John Lynch. I have so much trust in Kyle Shanahan. I trust that they are doing the right things. If I don't trust the people at the top, that is what causes me to not hate my team, but be disappointed in my team. There you go. Worst live by. Breach is also incredibly positive, although he's a realist and historically speaking with the Bengals. Well, I'll say that this is kind of what we're talking about with the Bears, where if you throw a new right tackle in there and that right tackle struggles, that's trouble for whoever the quarterback is. So it directly relates to the quarterback situation. If you have Brock Purdy coming off an elbow injury and he's getting beat up on every play because your right tackle can't stop anyone, or Trey Lance, who's trying to build confidence up after uh, struggling through his first two starts last year, or Sam Darnold, whoever the quarterback is, you know, you can't have your right tackle getting destroyed. So maybe, maybe 49ers could call the Bengals and say, what do you guys want for Jonah Williams? Because mm-hmm. we'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. Breach wants to do like throwing Gardner Minshew in a first round pick. To <laughs> Breach, what about McCaffrey a, for Jonah Williams straight up. There you what, go, about there a, what about a fifth round pick, Breach? Would you do that? Uh, it depends how desperate the Bengals think the 49ers are. I think they could do a little better if the 49ers are desperate. Yeah. Joe Mixon and Christian, Joe Mixon and Jonah Williams for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. I think the Bengals would do that. Yes. Um, All right. I, I think, I mean, I think on the 49ers is really quickly. I, I also applaud you, Katie, for good, not going with the easy layup trope of like, oh, the quarterback. Cause I mean, Trey Lance could be good. And as Wilson, you know, as Wilson points out, like, or Breach points out, it's like if the right tackle is a problem, like it might not be enough for Trey Lance to overcome. So, um, yeah, I think quarterback is the biggest question, but definitely not the biggest weakness. Yeah, right tackle's been our weakness for a long, long time. As yeah, we you saw hate Michael Glinchy. Yeah. But, oh. Good, good job, Broncos, paying him a lot of money. We'll see how that works out. All right, so Seahawks next. So there, I think the Seahawks are actually in pretty good shape. They signed Geno. They added to their already pretty stacked secondary in both the draft and free agency. They picked up one of the best receivers in the draft and Smith and Jigba. Uh, the weakest spot for them, I think, is their front, that front seven. They had, what, only four D linemen coming into the draft. They picked up a few guys later in the rounds. But they had seven D linemen play at least 149 snaps last season. They're only going to have about five ready to start in week one. So I think they need to add a veteran to the D linemen, to the D line. 
No, I think that's exactly right. And the conversation during the draft was, is it going to be Jalen Carter? Instead, they got Devin Witherspoon, which, in retrospect, uh, what they did in the first round, you mentioned Jack- Jackson Smith and Jigba. Those are two absolute home runs. Um, and you can figure out the the front three, the front four of the defensive line at some point later, as you sort of point out, Katie. But I love the idea of Tariq Woolen, who had, I think, six interceptions last year as a rookie with Devin Witherspoon. They drafted Derek Hall in the second round. He's an edge rusher. They have, uh, have Boya Mafe, don't they? Yeah, they have Boya Mafe. I think they do. I'm trying to think who they had last year, who they drafted, who didn't play a lot. Either way, I think they have some guys that they can. Have Mafe. Yeah. yeah, they do have Boya Mafe. They have some guys that can step up in, in years two and three, hopefully. But uh, I, I agree completely. I think the defensive line is where they have to sort things out. I think the offense is going to be better than it was last year. Assuming Gino doesn't, you know, the, the Cinderella story doesn't end. Um, that's going to be a big part of it, but I, I think he has everyone around them. They didn't draft a quarterback, so that sort of indicates that they're all in on on Eugene. And I mean, they, this might, might be my pick to win the the West. No disrespect to Katie, I don't know if Brinson if the Brinson model agrees or not, but I, I'm sort of leaning this way. Who's closer? Do you think? By the way, do you do you know the um, <laughs> do you know the the last time that the do you know the last player? Actually, there's two answers. Um, last players. Do you have double-digit sacks for the Seahawks and what year it was? Ooh. Is it Two. Legion of Boom years? Uh, no. Not, no. Was it Bobby Wagner? No. What? I have no idea. Frank Clark and Jerron Reed both had uh, – Frank Clark had 13. Jerron Reed had 10 and a half in 2018. As recently as like – Two years ago, three years ago, uh, Jamal Adams led the team in sacks. Yeah. And three or four years ago, the team was led in sacks by someone who had four. So this is a bit of a problem for the Seahawks. Couldn't agree more. They need to get pressure up front. Jamal Adams coming back is a big deal. He he rushes the edge a lot for that Seahawks team. Uh, but not, you know, you they just need more pass rush. That's just the bottom line. They find that and they could definitely uh, figure out a way to win the division if you know things don't go perfectly for San Francisco. Yeah, and it's big, too, because they have a rookie cornerback, and if you don't have any pass rush, uh, you know, you're kind of leaving your cornerback out there hanging out to dry. I mean, if if Devon Weatherspoon ends up being as good as Tariq Woolen, then they don't have to worry about that. And, you know, a lot of their pass rush, you know, Brinson just mentioned the double-digit sacks. But they did have two guys last year who had nine-and-a-half sacks, um, and they're going to need to see that kind of production uh, from those guys again. And, you know, Wosu was one of those guys, I think, uh, Daryl Taylor was the other one. So, you know, you need those guys to really step up and have big years again. Uh, so you do have some pass rush. All right. Moving on to the Rams. Uh, we talked about selling your souls. The Rams sold their souls and their future just to win a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And they had the worst post Super Bowl championship team in NFL history. I believe they went five and 12 last year. They were decimated with injuries, and they did fill some holes on their roster in the draft. It, hey, I, hey, it hey was, you know what? The Eagles and the Bengals would kill to have that Lombardi trophy that the, that the Rams have. Oh, yes. I forget. We are we are a Rams apologist here on the show. <laughs> yes. And oh, sure. I'm sure a lot of they, – they are, they are the model of how to do that correctly. You got your Super Bowl, but then now there's like two or three years out from being a championship team again. I feel like they had a very sensible draft. They added some depth at positions, not necessarily starters, but depth. They invested in their O-line, which is great. They got that kid from TCU. Matt Stafford, of course, needs better protection. 
But the loss of Bobby Wagner, only having him for one year, I think is actually going to be huge. They didn't draft a true inside linebacker. And I'm not sure that Ernest Jones is going to be the guy. So I feel like that is their biggest question mark. This team on paper doesn't look terrible. They were just so ravaged by injuries last year that they didn't have a chance. I think it comes down to Matthew Stafford staying healthy. They drafted Stetson Bennett, which is sort of funny because they drafted him in the fourth round. (laughs) Most folks didn't think he would go that high. Um, He might be older than Matthew Stafford. Meanwhile, Cardell Jones taking shots, <laughs> taking uh, shots at Stetson Bennett for not graduating at, since being in school since 2017, which is sort of funny. <laughs> he um, didn't graduate. I didn't know that. No, he 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 had a, he was in Austin, Texas, banging on doors. Um, that is actually the Brinson model, but Brinson graduated. <laughs> <laughs> According to Brinson, he, he graduated. Um, I have a diploma. Damn it! What uh? What are the what does the BM say about the Rams win total? I actually had them at nine. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Here's the thing: you if they're healthy, love Matthew Stafford, though he does. So, That's, so the Rams remove your love for Stafford. Out Stafford of was Stafford. Know. I don't think people really understand how hurt Matthew Stafford was all of last year. Um, the offensive line major problem. You know, Andrew Whitworth retiring after you win the Super Bowl. Like that's a big, big deal. Like look at what happened to Andy Dalton when and the Bengals when Andrew Whitworth left in free agency for the Rams. Like this is a guy that's a, a borderline Hall of Famer. You're making him out like he's Tom Brady, dude. Andrew Whitworth is one of the best left tackles of the last like 20 years. Ah, uh, and the Bengals' downfall did that was not a coincidence that it kind of started that mm. four year of struggles after Andrew Whitworth left. I don't think it's crazy, Wilson, that the Rams could be good and that Brinson's yeah. predicting nine games. I mean, look, I made a drunken bet with friend of the podcast, Adam Beasley, that hey, the Rams, hard. <laughs> the, the, yeah, all bets with Beasley are drunken bets. So that's just implied. You don't even have to say it. Uh, and I said that the Rams would finish top two in the NFC West. And he said there was no way. Uh, and it turned into a 10 minute debate and then into a bet. So, I do think the Rams could be good, maybe not win the division good, but I don't think nine wins is that crazy. And, and, you know, Katie's bringing up the Bobby Wagner issue, and that's one position. Wagner was very productive last season. I think he had six sacks, a bunch of tackles, and so that's not easy to replace, but it's not like they're trying to replace their whole secondary or, you know, there's a bunch of positions on defense. They still have Aaron Donald. That's huge. And as, you know, you guys said, I think the offensive line being healthy is also going to be big. There's not necessarily anyone to replace. It's you got to protect Matthew Stafford because he's so brittle now. Do we think that Sean McVay is what do we think Sean McVay and the offense that the Rams ran is is what we do we think Sean McVay's offense is what we saw in 2022 or what we've seen his entire coaching career? Like his ability to fix an offense and to get the offense to work and to make subtle changes. I mean, to me, it's like, it's crazy. People are like, well, that's it for the Rams. They had it and it's over and it's gone. Like they still have Cooper cup who got hurt last year. They still have Matthew Stafford who was hurt all of last year. They will improve the offensive line. They will get some more weapons. To me, this is a, a team that is prime for a bounce back. I have them losing their first three games of the season at Seattle, San Francisco at Cincinnati and still finishing nine and eight. Thanks to, what I think is a pretty good, you know, because I have them beating Indy on the road. I don't think that's crazy. Philly at home. Don't think that's crazy. Lose to Arizona. Or split with Arizona. Um, beat Pittsburgh at home. Lose at Dallas. Win at Green Bay. Beat Seattle at home. I have them losing to Cleveland at home. Losing at Baltimore. But then they have Washington, New Orleans at the Giants and at San Francisco to close out. You know, and it's possible San Francisco in this particular instance is, isn't, you know, is resting their starters. I think, I think people are just completely glossing over the Rams and just how. Do you know, you know why McVay is so good? 
Why? Because he went to Miami of Ohio. Shanahan coaching tree, baby. That's why. Hey, that uh, why. Breach, I have a. Technically uh, Gruden, I think, but yes. In uh, Miami of Ohio. Breach, okay. he has a statue at Miami of Ohio now. Yeah, we know. Okay. I have a special right. we're, question for we're you. We're getting tight for time. So we're going to cut out the Cardinals here because at this point, what Cardinals don't they stop. need in order to be helped? So we are taking a quick break. You're watching Pick Six. We'll be right back. <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Katie Mox here with Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, and John Breach. And today is one big thing from the NFC. That's our show today. Make sure you keep it locked all week long for more NFL offseason news. And remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. Wilson with arguably, or not even arguably anymore, the best division in football, the NFC East. Yeah. Okay, I mean, you clip Kingsbury, the Cardinals there. That was that was hardcore. Um, <laughs> I'm actually fine with that. I was going to say quickly, 10 seconds, breach fun fact about these Rams special mm-hmm. teams, place kicker, punter, long snapper, holder, kick returner, punt returner, all rookies. There are eight of them. First team in backups. Uh, so yeah, they didn't even have a kicker on their roster uh, two weeks ago. So it's, it's going to be interesting there. All right, let's start with the Cowboys in the NFC East. Uh, speaking of kickers, your guy Bones Fossil, the special teams coordinator, is making jokes about how bad the kicking is in, in Dallas, and they're looking, uh, looking under every rock to find a kicker. So you might want to look into that. Uh, as a side hustle there, Breach. I'm going to do a couple things here. I'm going to go with our guy Cody Benjamins, what each team needs to do, and then I added my own little thing here. So Cody notes, based on the offseason moves, that the da- Dallas is in win-now mode. And if you look a little closer to the roster, I say they got to develop these wide receivers because they didn't draft any until uh, Jalen Brooks, and I think he was undrafted free agent. They have Michael Gallup. They trade for Brandon Cooks. They have um, CeeDee Lamb, obviously. And then it's just trying to sort through some other things. City Fajoko, I think he's second or third year out of Stanford. Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama uh, is, you know, young, hasn't really done much. And they're in a post-Zeke world, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, although um, Tony Pollard, who they tagged, is coming off the injury. So I, I think it starts with Dak, of course. But if Dak is Dak and doesn't throw an interception every third or fourth throw, I think the wide receivers have to be sorted out because everything else is in place uh, to at least try to challenge the Eagles in the division. Yeah, I've got the Cowboys winning the division. Uh, yeah. The Eagles with a tie break, uh, ten and seven apiece. I mean, look, Dallas. I, I keep having this nagging feeling. Mike McCarthy said that, um, and Billy, the, the chat is for you to to discuss with the listeners. Yeah, the <laughs> After you said that, I just peered at the chat. I know it's like <laughs> you don't. You're supposed to be. You're an NFL and CBS brand. You're not some Eagles honk in there, man. Come on. Um, but I think, like, with the Cowboys, I, you know, we keep we're like, oh, Mike McCarthy wants to run the damn ball, and Kellen Moore's gone, and now you got Brian Schottenheimer. But, like, if the Cowboys' offensive line is good, and I still think they're probably going to bring back Zeke Elliott, by the way. Malik Davis looked awesome. Deuce Vaughn's, like, probably, you know, serviceable option to help out, too. If Tony Pollard's not ready. They got Ronald Jones. Who knows if he makes the team? But, like, man, I mean – 
you can see it. You can kind of walk yourself. There's a, there's a path, Wilson. Mm. There's a path breach for the Cowboys offense to be really good with those receivers. Dak in a more sort of protected, like take some shots down the field type of environment. And the defense. Wait, who, are the, who are the receivers? They don't have any receivers. Brandon Lamb, Michael Cooks. Gallup and Brandon Cooks. All right. CD, of course. They might have the best wide receiver group in the NFC. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the Eagles roster? Uh, I think it's uh, uh, close. <laughs> the Brinson model had a little, <laughs> a little glitch. Yeah. I'm just saying, like he glitched. <laughs> like look, look, the Cowboy Dan Quinn's defense has been fantastic since he got there. The I I, I was running through the Cowboys. I was like, man, I mean, there's like 13 win upside here if if the offense isn't you know stale. Um, I I, I like the Cowboys a lot this year. What are your concerns, well, Breach? I will say the one thing that does concern me slightly is just that if Tony Pollard is taking over as this full-time running back, I mean, before first three years of his career, never had over 130 carries. He had 193 last year. He's coming off a broken fibula. You're putting a lot of pressure on him. And the Cowboys offense is one that functions well when it's able to run the ball. I mean, they were a top nine rushing team in the NFL last season and a big part of that was because of Pollard. So if he doesn't come back looking like the Pollard he did for the past three seasons, then I think that offense could struggle. So I think that is an issue. But yeah, I actually think the receiving group, like Brinson said, well, I'm agreeing with Brinson a lot this podcast, but yeah. that they could yeah. Lamb and Brandon Cooks, that's and Michael Gallup, that's a pretty strong top three. You're taking you're taking the Eagles top two over the Cowboys top two. And if you throw if you're throwing in, you know, obviously. Dallas Goddard, you're probably going to take the Eagles over the Cowboys. But I think it just in terms of receiver, like I love AJ Brown. Like he's my, like a, like a child and CD lamb might take seats. I think CD, he and CD lamb are pretty equal. All right, moving on to the Eagles and uh, Bill, you can take a page out of Cody Benjamin, who is a huge Eagles honk. And this is how he describes the Eagles. They probably still have the NFL's best roster. Uh, yeah, that feels like a layup. Uh, the thing I said they needed to do, not a lot of holes. Free safety could be something they target if they wanted to. Reed Blankenship, my dude, who played last year when Chauncey got hurt, uh, he played pretty well. Can he start? We'll find out. But I said instead they could target inside linebacker. They have N'Kobe Dean, not a ton of uh, death behind him. But their guys, like Miles Jack, still out there. Deion Jones is still out there. Zach Cunningham, all those guys are still in their 20s. And you could add depth there. But, again, there's not a lot you have to do. It's just a matter of Jalen Hurts continue to be Jalen Hurts in a post-Shane Steichen world. I, I don't have too many concerns. I, I guess maybe, you know, DeAndre Swift, he's going to stay healthy. Is Rashad Penny going to stay healthy? But if those are your biggest issues, I, I think you're in pretty good shape. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> – no, I'm just saying, like, I think the there's this weird assumption that the Eagles are just going to – it's like, yeah. you gave them 10 wins? That's disgusting. It's well, like, make, your, make your case. Well, one, Jalen Hurts got hurt last year, and they didn't win any of the games in which he was missing. He runs the ball a ton. They're missing their offensive coordinator. They're missing their defensive coordinator. Eagles homers will tell you, now that Jonathan Gannon's gone, we can finally unleash the defense on people. It's like, you know the best. You know the quarterbacks don't matter, and you could still win games without your quarterback. Clear, clearly, San Francisco fan. Um, the look, the you know when Minshew had to play, they didn't they didn't look that great. And hold I think, on, hold on, hold on. They went zero and two with Minshew, and one of the games they scored like eight hundred points. Yeah, so, I'm just, I'm, okay, they didn't they didn't win any games. Fine, whatever. Um, loss is a loss. The running back room, the DeAndre Swift trade. Uh, I, I specifically mentioned that Kellen Moore was gone and that they had Brian Schottenheimer in place. At Go ahead, coordinator. Stay focused. Pay Go attention. Ahead. Keep up, senior <laughs> football. Um, the running back room, like I think is really interesting with Rashad Penny and, and DeAndre Swift, but 
Miles Sanders, very underrated job last year, I believe. And let me just double check. The, the changing running backs room is going to have zero effect on whether their team wins football games or not. I, I don't think that's true at all. This is a, one of the, the most running, running teams in the there. league. What? Jalen Hurts. They lost. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to find the – here we go. Let's see. Billy I'm is to find... sticking all of the Eagles fans on you right now. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, it, that's pretty par for the course in Homerland. Um, adjusted games loss. I was trying to find it on – I'm pretty sure Philly was one of the healthier teams in the league is, is, is the point I'm getting at. And so, like, uh -huh. you know, you I mean, like, that's just something that tends to regress towards the mean sometimes yeah. when you win a bunch of games. They had the easiest schedule in all of football coming into 2022, and now they have the hardest schedule in all of football heading into 2023 because they have a first-place schedule. Those things matter when you're talking about the difference between 13 games and 10 games. I don't think it's crazy they win 10 games and the Cowboys you know, win 11. That's not weird. Breach, where are you? Well, I'll just throw in. I, I do agree that the roster is pretty stacked. The team's good, and I feel like if I had to bet one team from the NFC and one from the AFC that's a lock to make the playoffs uh, this year, it'd probably be the Eagles, the NFC, and the Chiefs, and the AFC. So I, I think my issue with them is just that how do you respond coming off a Super Bowl loss? Because historically, teams haven't responded that well. I mean, how would you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> too soon, Wilson. Much too soon. When's the last time an NFC team lost the Super Bowl? And then, I mean, am I forgetting? Is there something that's slipping my mind? Was the last time an NFC team lost the Super Bowl and got back to the Super Bowl in the following season? I mean, the Patriots did it with Tom Brady. That's an AFC team. Seahawks won a Super Bowl with the Broncos or beat the Broncos and then got back to the Super Bowl, but that's not a Super Bowl loser. Yeah. Um, it's just not easy to do. I mean, because you have the target on your back, but you don't have, you know, the Chiefs have a target, but they won the Super Bowl. They have a Lombardi trophy to show for it. The Eagles don't have anything to show for it. And every team, they're every team, the Eagles are going to be every team Super Bowl next year because they're the defending NFC champions. So I think there's something to said for that is going to be more difficult. So we well, all agree that they're a double digit win team. Yeah, I think that's more than likely, but stuff, weird stuff happens in the NFL. Also, like as Breach points out, they're like, well, we'll just win one this year. Okay, sure. Go for it. That's that's easy Who's to saying do. That? Eagles fans are like, well, we don't care if we didn't win one last year. We'll just win one this year. It's like, that's not how Super Bowls work, man. Ten and, and a half. The, Reach the over Eagles. I'll go over, and I think the, the Vikings, 1973 Vikings were the last team. They lost Super Bowl eight, nice. made it back to the Super Bowl. France long long and, and lost again. I mean, I would, right. I would need to see the Jews probably go over, but I mean, I don't think Tim wins is crazy. You keep saying yeah. that, and then you keep betting the over. All right, New York Giants, here we go. Yep. Our guy, Cody Benjamin. Great graphic there, Billy. The Giants, according to Cody, believe in Daniel Dimes Jones. Uh, that is indicative of the contract they gave him. Uh, the only thing, I thought they had a really good draft. The only thing I mentioned is that they need to add depth um, at guard, they got the center, John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota. He's going to start right away, I would imagine. They have Bredesen, who's 24 years old. His contract's up after the year. And they have Mark Lewinsky, who's 31. His contract is up the following year. Somehow, as I was looking through the available free agents, Trey Turner's out there. That's great. He could be a, a stopgap. Roger Saffold, maybe. D Dalton Reisner is still a free agent somehow. I don't know if he wants too much money. What's going on there? He's only 27. Um, the Giants are near the bottom of the league in terms of available salary cap space, so they'd have to do some massaging there. But I like the idea of adding Dalton Reisner. And then suddenly, I don't know what BM says, but then suddenly you get a guard in there. This team is uh, cooking with gas. Uh, the uh, the Brinson model actually disagreed with my personal preference here, which is to have the Giants win the division. 
Um, I still have them going nine and eight. I think this is a team. The idea is like, well, uh, Daniel, Daniel Gentler regressed now that he's been paid in the second year of his of working with Brian Dable. That's not how that works. He's going to probably progress with more help around him and a second year in this coaching system. I think the Giants are a real dark horse in the NFC this year. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, rookie starting center, that could be an issue. But other than that, they have a pretty solid roster. I don't think it's good as the Eagles or the Cowboys, but I think they – but, you know, Brian Dable proved he's a good coach last year, turned that franchise around. Uh, and I don't think it'd be surprising to see them back in the playoffs. And unlike uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, the Giants won nine games with literally doing nothing in free agency. And they got, got rid of Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay still sucked. So I think now they've spent some money this offseason that they, on paper, are better. We will see. Finally, the Washington Commandos, our guy, Cody Benjamin, Ron Rivera's betting on Sam Howe. I sort of like that bet, but uh, you never know with these young quarterbacks, so we'll see how that works out. I said that uh, the commanders who drafted uh, defensive backs in the first two picks, and I love both those picks, uh, they needed to add some help at safety, but the safety class and free agency is pretty crappy. Instead, uh, I said add a tight end because all you have right now is Logan Thomas, and you have John Bates who they drafted in 2021. Uh, not much behind them. Cameron Bray's still out there if you're looking for a weapon in the middle of the field for Sam Darnold. Max Williams is still out there. Also could be a short-term option in terms of a pass catcher in the middle of the field. And maybe that's what you do to help um, Sam Howell out a little bit because uh, if he struggles, I would imagine new ownership people are getting fired. You're going to have to get a new quarterback. Big Sam Howell guy here. That's all. And by the way, Jacoby Brissett's the backup. So that's it's unlike Andy, Carolina. You love to see it. Unlike Andy Dalton. I mean, unlike Andy Dalton, um, wherever he is, that's a legit reason for excitement if your young quarterback isn't working out. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I'll say there is that we've talked about how central the young quarterbacks are. You know, if Jordan Love plays well, it feels like the Packers can win the division. If Justin Fields has a lights-out season, it feels like the Packers can win – or the, the Bears can win that division. If Bryce Young plays well, it feels like the pa- Panthers can compete in that division. I just don't feel like Sam Howell can play well enough for the Commanders <laughs> to win the NFC East because I think the Eagles are way better than the Commanders. Yeah. The Cowboys are better than the Commanders. And it, it just, it, it, it feels like it's almost a lost cause. Maybe they get a wild card spot. I could see that. if you Can I well. ask you a more reasonable question? Yes. Does Sam Howell outperform Carson Wentz in Washington? Ooh, yes. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. <laughs> okay. All right. That is going to wrap the show today on behalf of Brinson, Wilson, Breach and Mox. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you keep it locked or actually tune in again on Thursday at 1 p.m. for more offseason coverage. Remember to like, comment and subscribe on the YouTube page. If you're listening to audio, do the same thing. Download, follow, leave a five star review. Tell your friends to listen and watch the pod and we'll see you Thursday.